Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, hello, how are you? And welcome to episode 41 of Cage Rage, a Nicolas Cage podcast. How's your week been? The sun's coming out, the days are getting a little bit longer, everything's getting a little bit brighter. Hope you're well, hope you've been well, of course. As myself, not too bad. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to go into the, the TMI, too much information. Uh, a random little infection in the jaw. It's kind of hurt. It's restricting my movement uh, of my jaw a little bit, making it a bit difficult to talk. Go on some antibiotics. Hopefully, that will pass soon. Uh, but we're well enough to get through this intro. So, um, updates from your boy. There's been a new cat in the area. Um, some new... Uh, maybe old looking black cat, which which I can only refer to as sex cat, as um this cat's definitely in heat, coming round, screaming all hours of day, all hours of night, all hours of morning, looking for a man, not going to find a man in my cat, he's been neutered, all the local neighbourhood males, they've all been neutered, um, so abs- this cat absolutely gagging to be rutted, um, but it's going to have no joy around here. But she keeps coming round. She's a determined little thing, and you've got to give her a got to give her props for that. Um, but that's you know that's what's lockdown lockdown is coming to me when that is the biggest update of the week that I can possibly give you. Now bigger updates, more important things. Episode forty one, where I was joined by Andrew O'Neill and Megan Eileen Williams, together the hosts of the Full Moon online drive-in where every full moon they take a film they review it they dissect it uh, all live from their ticketed show uh, wonderful wonderful show very funny show lots of guests thoroughly recommend you go and check it out uh, this episode another big one another big one in the canon of cage it's national treasure one of those films you can always sit down to watch always on around a, a festive or seasonal occasion um, when it's on you can't help but watch it it's one of those films isn't it um, and this is a film you know a lot of people want to talk about but only the select few get the opportunity to be this close to the golden god the golden hog that is Nicolas Cage um, really really fun episode this one was so thrilled to have Andrew and Megan joining me on the journey to true cage nirvana um I will just say in advance as well, um, apologies for some of my audio in the episode. Uh, you know, we do all the things through Zoom and I record separately through Audacity. Uh, for some reason, the audio on my side just wasn't up to its usual scratch with Audacity. I'm not really sure why that was or what went uh, wrong there, so please do excuse that. But let that wash over you and then you'll have a lovely episode to look forward to. In this episode, Andrew O'Neill reveals the time they met Nicolas Cage in London. Megan tells the question she would ask Nicholas Cage, and we chat about being arrested. Uh, we cover a lot of ground in this one, a lot of topics. It's a good laugh. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, remember, you can find the show on Twitter at Cage underscore podcast, on Instagram at Cage Rage Pod. Uh, all the links 
to my socials and the guest socials in the description as ever down below but with that out of the way let's get into it episode 41 it's national treasure it's daryl andrew megan let's do this bloody thing enjoy so it is 2004 and we turn our treasure seeking eye to the action adventure mystery thriller national treasure in national treasure we join cage as Benjamin Franklin Gates, an amateur cryptologist and historian searching for a treasure lost during the American Revolutionary War. Will he have to steal the Declaration of Independence along the way? You're damn right he will. Joining me this week on the journey to True Cage Nirvana and helping me decipher whether X marks the spot on national treasure or if this bounty should have stayed buried. A fellow treasure hunters and hosts of the wonderful Full Moon Online Drive-In, it's Andrew O'Neill and Megan Eileen Williams. Hello to you both. Thank you for joining me. Hey, hello. Oh, hiya. <laughs> How are you both doing today? Good. We are doing good, yeah. I'm I'm feeling the effects of having run a real life gig last night and enjoying myself afterwards. Absolutely warranted. How does it feel to get sort of back on the uh I say back, to have some semblance of stand up again with everything? Or more from this, yeah. yeah. It's all weird, isn't it? It's all methadone, you know. It's a socially distanced gig with an with with half the audience on a laptop. Um, it was really nice, though. You know, it was it 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 it's a tantalising glimpse of of a post vaccine world. Lovely. I mean, I hope we can get there again. Um, I, obviously, we had a brief chat before recording, and I sort of appreciate that. Um, you've you've mixed. Um, dare I say business and pleasure with Nicolas Cage and gigging. Uh, some would say a wonderful cocktail. I say a wonderful, <laughs> a wonderful cocktail. Um, I was looking to ask you as well, with the Full Moon Online Driving Club, have you uh, encountered any Nicolas Cage yet or is this sort of the first time he's, he's come your way? Not yet, no. We, it's definitely something on, on the list for future, future episodes, but um, yeah, not yet. Um, we've yeah, the upcoming one will be Rosemary's Baby. So there, there, there. That is a not a Nicholas Cage film. <laughs> quite far away from, quite far away in tone, isn't it, from Nicholas Cage? Yeah. I think Wild at Heart would probably be the one we'll. Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. Which I've not seen yet. Oh god, that's yeah, a seminal one, isn't it? I uh, have to take Megan's side on this. Um, if I could <laughs> describe it with a gesture, obviously for audio purposes, I'll say it out loud. Chef's Kiss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some would argue one of the seminal Cage films. Um, I always like to split them. There are Nicolas Cage films and films that Nicolas Cage is in. That is up there as the Nicolas Cage film. Yeah, it is. It's it's a masterpiece. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you... It's on the list. We've got that sold. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one where he does the alphabet. He does the alphabet. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to leave that there? I like. I quite like... <laughs> Quite like that sort of tantalising. It's it's been uh, impersonated several times. So I'm not going to attempt it myself. Okay, cool. But, um, I agree. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I think if you've ever seen a Nicolas Cage meme, there's a eighty percent chance it was from Vampire's Kiss. Right. Um, I mean, Me- Megan is very much the expert when it comes to to Cage, um, but I I I do have I do have. I mean, I would like you to talk about your your nominative bugbear. Well, I don't know. So I, I've always um, referred to him as as Nicholas Cage. Um, um, however, I, I've just and partially also because I'm a, I'm a Nick 
Cave fan as well as a Nicolas right. Cage fan, and I feel like there's there's some like crossover name laziness when you say when one says Nick Cage because it's like they're mixing up the two people. But however, mm. I've heard him in interviews referring to himself as Nick. So, um, who's to say? I mean, until he corrects me, I w- I would love Nicolas Cage to. to <laughs> come along and correct me and tell me how he would prefer to be uh, referenced but I'm going with the billing how he's billed uh, and that's Nicolas Cage so it's, that's it's, like, it's like Phil Anselmo from the frontman of Pantera um, everyone calls him Phil Anselmo he, he's never referred to as anything other than Philip Anselmo in everything he does <laughs> he's become a Philip but there's something there's also something about both Nick Cave and Nick Cage where you you, you save a little bit of, of, of the, the syllable don't you with the, the C is only pronounced once. Hmm. Nick Cage. Like into one. Yeah. There's, a glo- oh, yeah. there's a glottal stop before the C. Nick Cave. Nick Cage. And they do, they come out. Nicholas. But although, but then Nicholas Cage has got a da 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 dun. It's kind of like a shiver da bat. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. It's got a rhythm. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. What's the anagram for Nicholas Cage? Uh, <laughs> Chippy Wattsnap. Um. You could do you could do a Johnny Cash song with just someone big boxing Nicolas Cage underneath. Nicolas like Cage, boots Nicolas and cats Cage. And boots yeah, and boots and cats and boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> boots and Cage. Yeah. But having seen, you know, quite, you know, relatively few Nicolas Cage films, um, uh, I do have um, I do pip Megan here because I met him. Um, really. And I met him in um, Treadwell's, London's foremost occult bookshop. Um, wow. I was there with my friend Claire. She wanted to buy a, a tarot deck. So I said, "Oh, come to this!" And it's it's proper. It's it's the sort of. I mean, if, listeners, if you've not been, if you're in London, go there. It's the sort of bookshop that that when it's open. Yeah, when it's open. Yeah, yeah. It is it, it is open at the moment. Um, uh, it's kind of like that sort of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the craft. It's it's the it's the <laughs> occult bookshop you would want to have in a in a in a film. They've done it up as well, apparently. Oh, I've not, I've seen not that been since, since the, re- the refit. Um, but I was there with my friend Claire, and yeah, in walks uh, Nicholas Cage with his son, and just starts buying stuff, like piling up books and books and books and books. And in in they have a a, a little um, uh, cabinet with beautiful little occult things, like you know, and there, and there was a, a, a bracelet with made of skulls. It was about 150 quid, something like that. Which mm. you know, at a push, I could have bought myself. But I thought, oh, you know, it's really nice though. And he just went, "Yeah, I'll take that." And it's just, it was quite incredible. Him just what, like, and then looking um, at the grocery store. Sorry. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Yeah, yeah. Bag that up for me. Um, and then they, it was, it was um, Yuletide, and so they had mulled wine, hmm. and um, and we all had one. And then he 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 was offered another one by the woman working there, and he said, oh, "I don't know." I said, "Well, I'm having one." He went, "Oh, in that case, I'll have one." So I am responsible for Nicolas Cage having had two mulled wines. <laughs> it's an exclusive first on the podcast. What, what a and, joy! And if you follow him closely, that was the day he got done for drunk driving when he killed that man. So <laughs> ah, yes, right. <laughs> mold driving, <laughs> driving while mold. <laughs> well, that mold and cage go uh, hand in hand, they say. But <laughs> it's, I, I, this is one of those things as I, and especially post, well, during lockdown, when I've sort of dedicated myself to whatever this is, um, <laughs> I've, I've always sort of wondered, you know, if I met Nicolas Cage, what would my reaction be? And, and I can only sort of um, 
put it on par with i think if like a teenager in the 60s met a beetle uh, and you just fell to the floor crying <laughs> like no semblance of like calmness or humanity i would just lose my self-respecting shit i think um but it seems well, like I, with a mold one you handled it very well i was i was struggling to think of something to say to him have you know because for example i've got I'll show you. I've got um, a tattoo of the Wicker Man from the the original Wicker Man, and I have never seen his The Wicker Man. And furthermore, (laughs) I will never watch his The Wicker Man. And that's and and, and I don't I don't take away from Megan's delight in it, and I don't take away. You know, I I film should be. You know, most of the greatest films are basically remakes. but I sort of thinking there, should I tell him about the Wicked Man tattoo? Probably not. Because <laughs> like, cause then he's going to go, oh, did you? Yeah, no, I'm, I will never. Up a can of bees. <laughs> Absolutely. A can of bees. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, you know, it Amazing. was awkward. You know, in, a, in doing comedy, we, we do meet a lot of our heroes, don't we? And, and, and mm-hmm. like. Um, and meeting comedians now is sort of part of the course, and I've met nearly all my comedy heroes. It's when I it's when I meet someone who, who's played Doctor Who that I lose my shit like properly. I saw Peter Davison in in Covent Garden, and just <laughs> blathered at him. <laughs> it was around the fiftieth anniversary of Doctor Who, so he was like he was in he was doing a lot of press for it. So he was probably recognised more than he had been in quite a long time. And I said, excuse me. And he was just in front of me. And his shoulders dropped. And it's just, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I said, "If I, are you in a hurry? He said, oh, I'm rather. So if I run alongside, can I get an, an autograph? And then I just blathered, like, properly. I, I've, I just watched all of your stories in sequence. I hadn't. I don't fucking know what I said that. I really like your, you're my, you know, and you can't tell someone they're, they're, they're your fourth favourite doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, how how do you react? I mean, this is another thing, like, if I if I met Cage and was like, um, did you know there are the 20 different podcasts dedicated to you? Then he would probably be like, oh, amazing. I, like, I like, <laughs> like, I'd, I'd just, you know, just love to just think he would just shake my hand and say, like, you're doing God's work, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'd be anywhere close. But um, that's the thing. You, you've got you've got a perfect you've got a perfect idea of what it'd be like in your head. So it's, you can't touch that now. Because what if he's in a hurry? What if he's and what if he's had a second mulled wine? Yeah. I'm like, where's Andrew? Where is where is Andrew? <laughs> I turn um, up. It's, it's June. It's baking up. I turn up with a thermos. Don't worry, I've got you. <laughs> I literally had this thought last night. I, I watched adaptation last night just to kind of have more cage oh, vibes happening, and I, and I had the thought of what would I say to him if I if I ran into him, and uh, I do have the answer. Ooh. I'm not going to share it though. Oh, <laughs> share it. No. Will you tell me after the podcast? Um, but, but, I don't know. I think I'll just wait for when the moment arrives. Would you? Would you do the world at heart speech? No, 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 no. I, f- no. I feel like I, I just I can't like stubbornly won't like proceed unless we get some answers. <laughs> but I, I, I won't road. I won't road. I, like, I do. I do realize that I opened myself up for that. Really? But... I mean, for the listeners at home. They're lying there. They're trying to get off to sleep, listening to a podcast, and now there's a shot of adrenaline. They're waiting for Aww. for Megan well, to quite reveal. It's simple. It's just a consent thing. I was just I would just ask him if I could kiss him. Oh, oh. 
There was no need to hide that. That was gorgeous. <laughs> well, I know. I feel like I've ruined the moment now. When 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 it does, when it will actually happen at some point. Right? Like... I doubt he listens to this. <laughs> That's true. Right? I, think I think he's busy learning his lines for. No, but I just feel the... like I like I told you what my birthday wish was or something. You know, it just doesn't. That's all. Christmas it's is not... just around the corner, so. It's not, yeah, Christmas miracles, right? It's yeah. really nice though, Megan. But no, I just like to have just a really nice snug, and then yeah, and then then on your way. If you could please leave now. I think that would be my second question though as well. So nothing, to hide. <laughs> nothing to hide. Top five. Yeah. Um, it's in the top five. Um, but I going back to what you mentioned earlier, Megan. I agree that um, Nicholas Cage's Wicker Man. Um, that gets my second chef's kiss of the, of yeah. the episode. Um, Vampire's Kiss and Wicker Man, what a double bill that would be for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it is, um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're of the cage freakouts. Um, they're, they're, it's quite some beautiful freakouts happen in that. Oh, it's, it, wonderful. Masterly. Yeah. If you... If you just ignore the fact it's a remake of the original Wicker Man, and yeah, you just kind of like... have to separate. Sure, yeah, and that's and that's like I'm I'm perfectly happy for it to exist, and it, it's just one. It you know it just I you know I love I love the Wicker Man so much. Like you know it's probably my second favorite film of all time, um, and although the Lighthouse is getting there, oh by Jingo. Um, uh, you know that's a that's a different podcast, um, but um, uh, yeah, it, it you know I'm I'm, I'm like exactly people because there's a thing people get annoyed when stuff gets remade as though it somehow besmirches the original and it and it, it doesn't you can still watch it you know it doesn't matter mm. like you know most of the new Star Wars stuff they've made has been kind of crap, um, but watch it you know I watched the the original on VHS the other day because it's the only one without all the crappy effects that you, I can get hold of. Um, and 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 thoroughly enjoyed it without reference to any of the other stuff, you know. So I'm glad I'm glad they remade it. How about that? <laughs> well, Andrew said it. You know, that's, that's Andrew's <laughs> problem. That's Andrew's problem now. Um, I don't know if you've been watching. Obviously, we're going a little bit off topic, but um, I've been loving the Mandalorian, by the way. Phenomenal, isn't it? So and how so isn't good. it Star Warsy? Yes, yes. That's that's yes. it. Absolutely captures the tone. The atmosphere, the look of that, that the 70s sci-fi samurai movie influenced thing of, of, of Star Wars. And that's and that's that's the that's the thing that they, they've they've really failed to do in in the in the any of the other films in in my opinion. Maybe Rogue Rogue One gets it a bit, but Rogue One's a bit towards you know. But that's and and I like the simplicity of it. I like the just you know, there's a there's a, there's a quite a neat story arc in each episode. There's no subplot. It's just he yeah. turns up. He's got a thing that he's basically asked to help out with, in that kind of Western style. Mm. It's really, it's so satisfying. It's really, really good. Have you seen it? No, no, I not Are you interested in it? Um, is that a Disney thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've, 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 I've become oversaturated with the Star, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understandable. Like, hmm. I'm not against seeing it, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have any. It's not come up right in front of me as something to watch. Yeah, yeah. And... and talking of Disney, yep, national treasure, isn't it? <laughs> Why is there not 
first of all, why is there not a Disneyland um, ride that is the national treasure ride? I'm glad that someone's finally asking the big questions <laughs> right? on, on this show. Um, I was hoping because they had um, the the uh, Disney conference the other night that they were finally going to announce National Treasure 3. We didn't get it. Um, but more Marvel, more Star Wars, more Pixar. Like, if you're into all of that, boo, whatever. No Nicolas Cage, you know. Are, are, there, are there other National Treasures that aren't direct sequels? Am I right in thinking that? Um, I th- oh. think I know they had National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, which is... A, a direct sequel um and they've been talking about national treasure 3 for 15 years or so now okay. but it just never comes to fruition um right, right. i know cage is on board for it um and the producer jerry bruckheimer has been also saying for about 15 years that there's some kind of script in development um, and they okay. can't get it quite right uh they're talking about a tv series with a younger cast but that's kind of mm. it sounds TV like just series a would be great I really think TV series, you know, and I presume with cameos from Nicolas Cage, you know, yes. in the first and last episode, that would that would really work. But well, the thing about he, he'd be the grandpa then. He would be the grandpa. He would absolutely be the grandpa. <laughs> yeah. But the thing about the 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 ride at Disneyland is it it should not be on the map of where the rides are. <laughs> I like that. You, yeah. You would have to go and find it. You have yeah. to. You have to. Basically, you have to have a slightly weirdly nationalistic trail of blues. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Does they have their own cash, or do they just use American cash? Don't they? In Disneyland, <laughs> yeah. as in their own notes. Yeah, it sounds like a thing they would do. Yeah, it does. You go there and you get given a so, hundred Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Mouse Mickey, money. This isn't it. Mickey Bucks. <laughs> Mickey Bucks. Um, yeah. Mickey Bucks is my burlesque name. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> So if you got any Mickey's now, I'm fresh out. Would you accept Goofy's? <laughs> it sounds like, sound like a Cockney rhyme in slang, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a Mickey, I'll sort you. I'll get you a car. I'm just waiting for my Goofy. Um, it feels quite Disney, doesn't it? National Treasure. It's got mm. that. Uh, yeah, well, it's yeah, it's quite a mixture of of different tropes of types of films, isn't it? It's yeah. It feels yeah. like it doesn't know if it wants to be a kids' film or not. Yeah. It. it I could only sort of describe this as like it's the Da Vinci Code for kids, um, but well, much more American. I, I would describe it as the Goonies, then the Da Vinci Code, then Ocean's Eleven, then Catch the Pigeon, <laughs> and then Indiana Jones for kids. Um, yes. Yeah. It's but it's it does it does it doesn't have it doesn't have the identify the identifier of a kid in it. Because if Spielberg oh, yeah, yeah. had directed it, there would have been two kids in it. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, a bicycle scene. Kid, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but on the quite opposite, they've got John Voight, who's <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of a kid. Swings and roundabouts, really. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. what, what can you do? Um, I mean, I was I was surprised because I sort of I was early teens when this came out, and I seem to remember um, everyone quite liking this. But when I've sort of gone back and I think, oh, maybe am I sort of uh, the victim of nostalgia going back to this <laughs> film? Um, Rotten Tomatoes only had it as like forty six percent, and it wasn't that well critically received. And I thought, was it, was it worse than I remember? Um, and then going back to it, that they, you know, I was like, oh, Sean Bean's in it, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> so, yeah, who does um, and he doesn't die. Yeah, one of the few films he doesn't die. Um, I think by this point, two thousand and four, um, he'd been killed on screen 
in excess of 20 times at this point and just have like, a taste <laughs> for it. <laughs> so it's probably it's, um, I, I, only, I only noticed halfway through the film that all the, the, the baddies are all British. Yeah. <laughs> British. Yeah, uh, he... the, we can't let the British get the... Yeah. the... It's only for Americans a secret of, of stuff that they stole from other countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, we can't let the British get all this stuff we stole. And quite frankly... Who's the best at stealing stuff from the from other countries? We are. <laughs> we're, 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 we've got the museums to back it up. It's exactly right. We've got the night at the museums to back it up. <laughs> yeah. I, I came in. I came in completely cold to this film, mm. um, and and I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. Uh, I remember when it came out. I well, I was. I've always like pretty much tried to watch anything and everything that 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 Cage has been in, but. I remember being, um, it, it's not quite B-movie bad enough to be, like, enjoyably bad, but I remember being like, that, well, that was sort of a bit of fun. A rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So it turns out, actually, that um, Turtle Top, the, the director. That's a name, in it? John Turtletop. He was he was friends. <laughs> he went name. to high school with Nicolas Cage. Oh really? They were like class clowns, basically. So the two of them just had the <laughs> right old laugh making this film. Um, they really, I don't think they took it. I mean, they took it seriously enough. They had a big enough budget to. I, I, I think that thing yeah. about the tone is really fascinating. Like where where they were pitching it at, because we we just did Flash Gordon for the Full Moon Online Driving, right? And there's a tension in Flash Gordon between. Um, the the crew basically were an Italian horror film crew who were making quite a dark and serious film, and then the producers and the writers who were making this really cheesy fun thing. And I think there's something in this film of like, yeah. is it tongue in cheek? Because there are bits of dialogue that 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 you know, like there there are so many of those like film cliche, you know, like. Like when they're he's hacking. I'm in, you know that yeah. that, that stone cold. We'll need more juice. We'll need more heat. <laughs> and we are in. This better work. The best bit. Um, there's 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 when um, they go into, and at this point I I will admit I slightly lose concentration. They go into a, a, the room and they've got all the sort of lab set up for it. And this woman just goes, "What the?" And it's <laughs> it's such a scripted what the, like. You know, when it like what is like one of the first things you get taught in acting is if you've got like you know half a sentence, know what it is you're about to say, so know what you've been, you know you don't go what the you know she literally goes what the <laughs> it's such a, no one says that yeah what the dot 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 reading you know so there's 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 something about but also I didn't want because I did a film studies degree um, in like between ninety eight and two thousand one so this period i was watching no mainstream films so so there's a bit of a gap in my knowledge of this era of of like mainstream filmmaking so i so i can't quite tell if it's if it's an 80s film a bit oh that's kind of classic 80s but i don't know how self-conscious it is well i've got um a quote from john voight talking about turtle tub Right. Um, and he said that he's terrific. He knows how to make a souffle. One false move, this whole thing's gonna fall apart. But somehow, John Turtletop seemed to put it together in a way that was delectable and delicious. Ooh, wow! Isn't that nice. That is that the last sane thing that John Voight has said ever. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone right off the rails since then. Yes. I mean, that souffle yeah. thing—that's that's spot on, isn't it? About the. 
he, he, he knows his genre and, and and yeah the meg and cool runnings for other films that he's done <laughs> so yeah great backlog of, of, of films very eclectic yeah it's it's definitely it's just it's a it's a style it's a speed and he knows what he's doing like it was it yeah it it felt like say it felt like a safe pair of hands sort of a film everything mm. was in its place i mean the plot is you know the plot doesn't hold up to any scrutiny <laughs> if you were looking at the plot through a mineral water bottle yes. <laughs> to magnify it, it would it would not also or some sort of ocular device. <laughs> yeah, so don't explain it. It looks cool, so it's probably American history, I guess. Classic Templar and their three D glasses. Yeah. Has there has there been a count of the number of times they say the phrase "the Declaration of Independence"? I wish I'd taken account, but after the first ten minutes, I was like, "Okay, I, I guess this is going to be a thing." I just they're stealing our the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you've dropped our the Declaration of Independence in the room. <laughs> it's quite, you know, it came up a lot like... in my notes. The Declaration Say again. It came up a lot in the notes. The Declaration. I just started to I had to start abbreviating it as DOI, and, yeah. just got to D, <laughs> and then you just got to exclamation mark. <laughs> It's amazing. It's, um, I find it fascinating that John Voigt as well, when they bring the declaration to his house, um, that he just happened to have a fridge full of lemon segments, uh, just in case. <laughs> a lot of lemons. There's yeah. a lot of lemons, wasn't there? A lot yeah. of lemons. Yeah. It's like, like oh, you're going to need some heat. Cue cage breathing on the declaration of independence. How hot is his breath? Well, it was a double breath, wasn't it? It, was, it, was, it was Diane Kruger, as her name, wasn't it? Yes. And, yeah. Um, it was both of them, double double breathing. Right, that makes it twice as hot. <laughs> that, I mean, that's that science. <laughs> the science is sound. I mean, I'm not here to dispute the facts of what I saw with my own two eyes <laughs> in, the, in that film. Um, yeah. But I think that's maybe the only, maybe the only science we get. Obviously, that really cool Mission Impossible sort of 3D scene of how they're gonna not break in, but then break in. The um, so. The fingerprints, um, and he deciphers Valley Forge. Um, he's just always yeah, very smart. Two, two L's, not just the one. Yeah. We were saying this, weren't we? That <laughs> what, like, what? Well, the best, most secure password must just be the same letter, like three letters, just over and over again, like B B B A A C C B B A A A B C A B C something like that. Yeah, make an anagram of that. How how are you going to figure that out with fingerprints? And this is before you have to have one capital letter, one one number. I mean that that would have come up as weak, wouldn't it? If if you tried to make a password now, that would come up as weak. Yeah, well, note to self, change password after recording. <laughs> I, 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 the bit at the beginning, like a similar thing, um, uh, when he gets the pipe and he, he the blood, it was he could have used ink. He cuts his thumb open Not to put on the pump. In the middle of the ice truck. But, but, ship but, it, but also, he, that's what, he was expecting it. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he could have brought some ink. You know, there yeah. there are quite a lot of metal bands who have signed their <laughs> signed their contracts in blood, um, sort of unne- you know unnecessarily. But it did feel like, it, and I wonder if it's a reference to the thing, because they're in yes the Antarctic, aren't they? South is it South? But it's Antarctic, uh, it's isn't Utah, it? Actually. It's actually Utah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wonder if the, yeah, I th- I think it might have been a 
because that's a that's a, a film like this does. I mean, am I, maybe I'm looking for too much clues in a film like that clues. But it might. I think it could have been a the thing reference. It could. It could have been. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm going to ask Nicholas Cage if, <laughs> <laughs> on the third. That's a third mold wine question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, going to that scene though, where they find uh, the Charlotte in the Arctic Circle, and then he's basically sitting down, just like code cracking, is like, oh, invisible map, iron pen, it must be in this. <laughs> it's like he's just got this. He's building up this rhythm, and the guy's like, I think it means a prison, and he's he, basically that seems to start a, a triggering effect of Nicolas Cage just telling people to shut up in the film. <laughs> And be very like passive aggressive, like okay, I get it. You're you're the smartest person in the room, right? Yeah, I okay, get it. The... Yeah, it's like you know. If anything, I thought that um, Sean Bean as Ian was actually genuinely invested in trying to help him. It was like, look, there's a lot of treasure. Like I've, you know, it's not legal, but I can sort of help you. And then he suddenly becomes the most patriotic man in the world. It's like, I, no one is stealing the Declaration of Except Independence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which he then yeah, immediately goes on to do. It's that, 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 what, that was the point. That, yeah, that, that split, which narratively makes perfect sense. Because if it's just about him trying to find it, you got, it's got to be a race to get there. And who else is going to do it but the person that funded your thing? But it did feel a bit like suddenly... It was a bit like guns, guns, guns. Like just yeah. all of a sudden, like why? Why are they suddenly hating each other? Um, also, gunpowder doesn't blow up like that. Just a small thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it get it catches fire. But if you put it in a really confined space, it will shoot a bullet. But anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a small. But that's another the thing. Maybe I think that first bit is is a thing. I didn't I didn't think about it really at the time. But I think that whole first bit is a a the thing reference. It was a real, um, real explosion that they did. They could only do it once, because it took a took <laughs> took a lot of uh, gunpowder or gasoline and stuff. But did you know that Sean Connery <laughs> had in his con in his contract that every film he did had to have a bigger explosion than the previous film? Genuinely, Alan Moore told me that. <laughs> The Alan Moore told me that. <laughs> yeah. What a thing so to ask. If it's for. a lie, then blame blame com- comic books, Alan Moore. But yeah. <laughs> what a thing to ask for, though. Well, he retired. Well, he retired, and there's <laughs> like that is sorry, Sean. That's the biggest explosion we can do. Like, How do you measure it? At some point, the radius is just going to get too much, even for a contract. So you've got to yeah. you've got to bring this back in, Sean Connery. In in the early sixties, uh, Russia. Uh, detonated the Tsar bomber, which is the biggest nuclear weapon ever exploded in Siberia, um, and uh, that was uh, originally going to be part of um, Doctor No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, but I'm just amusing myself. That's the biggest. That's the biggest, biggest explosion ever ever intentionally caused by human beings. Is the Tsar bomber, um, nuke, like hydrogen bomb that the Russians exploded. Which is, if you see the footage of it, it's, it makes you feel ill. It's so massively, you know. I'm a, I mean, see, I'm a nuclear war fanatic. Like Threads is up there with my favourite films. Has Nicolas Cage been in a nuclear war film? Um, if you count The Wicker Man as toxic, then, <laughs> then, then maybe. Okay, do. I don't. I do. don't. I don't know if he has. I don't think he. I don't think he has. Um, although uh, with with the amount of genres that he jumps then. between, it wouldn't surprise me that he's got one 
coming up at some point. Yeah, I can't think of any offhand. I'm just looking at my notes and seeing how many times I've written the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> Get your hands off my the Declaration of Independence. It, I mean, Why does Sean be noticed that the one the the the, the fake one is clearly a poster because the back of it's white? <laughs> I mean, it, it's in the it, heat of the moment. Yeah, yeah. Surfer hair's flown through the traffic and, and the wind. Sean Bean's hair in this is definitely worth a, an investigation. Is that a wig? Because it's quite something. I think it's natural. I'm gonna, it's I'm gonna err on the side of natural. I can confirm that there was one wig in the film. Who's? <laughs> Um, so what's um, nerd, nerdy nerdy guy? Oh, nerdy guy! I like nerdy guy. He's my favourite character. He's genuinely funny, isn't he? Uh, Riley is, is that is that the, the nerdy guy? The hacker bloke. Like, yeah. So yeah. he um, in in like uh, test screenings, he did quite well actually. So they tried to find more ways to include him in the film and go back and oh. look at other footage. But right after the film, um, he he shaved his head because they wanted to and then and then they're like oh we need um a few more takes <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, of a few things so um so they they made a wig for him to make him look like he did when he had hair and do you know what scenes those are um the ones that they added in watching the, i was watching it with my my partner last partner last night and she is um by her own admission not a massive Cage fan. This was one of the, the only films of her own emission that she's like, well, it's Disney, so I guess I'll, I'll I'll join you for this. And we were watching it and thinking, looking at like, I don't know, for some reason, we just started looking at hair ourselves and we were like, is, is, is Nicolas Cage got a, got a wig there? Or um, because at some points it's he's, he's got like sort of the fringe forward and then other times it's slicked back. And... It does a few different things, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a character in of itself. Some some people say the cage hair. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, he, he, I mean, early early doors. He's got the Elvisy thing going on, bit of a quiff and big collars. Mm. But then it's like there is a bit where he sort of slicks it back because he has to look. You mean in the film? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the film and also in his career, but yeah. in the film, yeah. But then then there's a bit where he's got like as you said the James Bond reveal of a dinner jacket underneath something else. <laughs> yeah. But it gets a bit like just fluffed in the front towards the end. I think that's just like it's sort of like when you get drunk hair. He was just sort of like having yeah. like oh I've had a it's been a rough couple of days. Interesting. You mentioned obviously you mentioned him in the um, when he's visiting Abigail at the start as well. And he's got like the uh, the denim suit uh, open collar combo on. I I I had to like mention to my girlfriend. I was like, why is he dressed like Jeremy Clarkson? <laughs> For, for yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's a, that, is a, that is a look. It's the Urban it? Outfitters get up, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it, in this era, so I, pre, I, I presume now that any film that Nicolas Cage is in, he's going to be an executive producer of, right? It's going to be, he's going to be, he seems, he strikes me as a sort of actor. So I just watched The Colour Out of Space, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, great um, film. Um, and uh, uh, for, for for anybody interested in my Patreon, I have recorded a um, an audio version of H.P. Lovecraft: The Color Out of Space on my Ooh. Patreon, um, um, which I recorded for you, didn't I? For me. For you, because oh, you haven't read it. You hadn't read it yet. Yes. Um, but um, uh, I, he, he he strikes me as a sort of actor who is very involved in the projects he makes and not mm. being an expert is that true like is he the sort of like he will develop an idea and get it made 
Or yeah, does he, he just take it as an actor? He can be very hands-on. I think it depends on the role. Because um, he does have his own production company, uh, right. Saturn Films, which um, some of the more noticeable, quote-unquote, stinkers, like The Wicker Man, he was a producer on as well. Um, tends to be a lot of remakes. With this, he wasn't, but I think he's, he's one of those people that... Um, he will bring a lot of ideas to the fore because I think even for himself, he considers himself like an artist, probably more than an actor. So right. sometimes he needs to be reined in um, and some you can sort of tell the ones where the director doesn't know how to sort of like, like, like no, bad cage, stop, stop, put the <laughs> then, arms in. Yeah, but in Megan's saying if they were friends, old, if they were oh, old school one, friends. Yeah, yeah but so. I think, yeah, I, th- I mean, it sounds like he has he's got different approaches to to each film. I, I mean he takes mm-hmm. he I think he takes them all really seriously um, and yeah. he tries to get away with as much as he there can. Was, really. There was someone someone said about Tim Curry and I think it's true of Nicholas Cage. Someone said about Tim Curry that he plays every role as though it's the absolute role of his dreams. Mm. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> true nice. of, of Tim Curry. Like yeah. he's properly having a ball, and it does feel like you know I feel that the. the Again, and, and like I'm always like the outsider in this particular podcast, going, you know, from the from the the few I've seen, I've probably seen more Nick Cage films than I think I have. Well, there, yeah, it's got a way of there's yeah, there's quite a there's there's quite a catalogue. Um, but is yeah. he is he liked in Hollywood? Like, is or is he like an outsider? It, it's a good question. I think I want to say that he's liked. I know he, he keeps his life quite private, except for the. The stories that we hear, like um, nearly ten years ago, him turning on the Christmas lights in Bath and then buying dinosaur bones, and, and yeah, yeah, we just hear these fantastical things, which basically make him like Hollywood's own Bigfoot. Like he did what? <laughs> Sorry, what now? But you never really hear that much of his of his own life. I think the only thing we know on, and I, I for the lack of a better term, the most normal thing that he does is he enjoys karaoke. <laughs> It's, right. it's far I'm aware. Like, but yeah, then he well, well, and he likes he likes Elvis quite quite a bit. Yes, yeah, big um, fan of Elvis. But uh, well, but he's just I think he's just sort of part of that Beverly Hills sort of LA lineage, though, with the Coppola family, and and I sort of doesn't seem like it's a big deal to be in show business. It's right, just right, sort right. Of, it's just what he does and what life is like. Yeah, yeah. That's the impression I get. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's someone he could have very easily had a career just, I guess, riding the coattails of the of the Coppola name, but mm. because of his influence for comic books as well, and Luke Cage like taking the last name Cage and naming his son after Superman Kal El and being a comic yeah. book collector himself, nearly being Superman. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, like oh, you say, yeah, he, he, I mean, on that note, that's a film I still wish can be made. Please just give me Nicolas Cage as Superman. I will give yeah. any. Thing you asked for. Yeah. Uh, there's I, a documentary about it out there. Is there? Mm. About the, the nearly made. I've so seen I, some test like uh, photographs of him just just like testing for that role, but yeah. Because I, I you know, and I I don't wanna you know, I don't know what your sensibilities are on this, so I don't want to offend anybody or anyone listening. Um but I find Superman phenomenally boring. Um and the yeah. I really like the Christopher Reeve films. Um, um, because of the humanity that he brings to it, but the you know it all it's like the spite you know I mean I don't really like superhero films generally I'm you know more of a sort of Mike Lee <laughs> sort yeah. of fan um, uh, but um, but but a Superman film that has that 
Nicolas Cage bombast to it would be absolutely cracking, wouldn't it? It really, you know. Yeah, and he's he's done he's done the I'm the buff guy roles quite a lot. Yeah, like mm. you know, you can yeah, do Con Air and like what was the the Ghost Rider and stuff. He can he can he can definitely get uh, that. Yeah, and he can do image. the that that sort of desperate humanity kind of you know my, my 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 girlfriend's been held hostage by Lex Luthor. You know, he, yeah. you can see him doing that like like suffering that you you would need to make a Superman film work yeah definitely. why don't we make it <laughs> yes I'm, I'm gonna set up my own kickstarter right now yeah, um, I, mean, I think 20... getting the rights to that's gonna be a piece of cake <laughs> yeah I mean I think, I think <laughs> yeah, it was probably. Kevin Smith that wrote the script for it and Tim Burton was on board to direct it so oh, wow in wow. some degree he would have you can imagine with Tim Burton on board he's got after like the Batman films sort of behind him as well yeah. um yeah. would have been um out there, I think it's. I think it's fair to say. When uh, whenabouts was it, sort of being made? Um, being I to be made? think it was towards the end of the nineties. Um, oh, okay, I know the um, documentary uh, was only a few years ago, about five years ago. It's called the, "The Death of Superman Lives." What happened? That came out in twenty fifteen, okay. uh, but it was going to be. Um, sort of based on sort of the, the, uh, the death of Superman. I think it was 1998, and it was only in production for maybe a month. It could be less, and then it, the, the plug okay. got pulled, and it went. There's just like a huge backstory. But um, as Megan said, there was the test screenings. You can find pictures of him in the the, the uh, Superman costume that they had for it, which is wild to yeah. see. Um, I, I said to, to my partner, I was like, did you know that Nicolas Cage was nearly a Superman? And she looked at me as if I just started blaspheming. She was like, you're a liar. That's a stupid thing. <laughs> I was like, Never. no, the picture is here. And then um, that's, the scornful look I had will be burned in my retinas until my dying days. <laughs> um, but I think uh, that's the thing with Cage, though. Because there is a perception about him that he, you just give him any role and he'll take it. And in the later 2000s, Certain financial decisions may or may not have influenced some of his some of his roles, but um, it's some of the stuff that he turned down as well. Like he was nearly Sh- Shrek, he was almost Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. Um, wow, that I see that would that would have popped me out of Lord of the Rings. I think would have been too much uh, a, ca- a cage too far. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> because it, it, when you first see Aragorn, it, like the whole point, particularly you know in 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 the first film, you first see him. He's he's unassuming. You don't really know who he is and what he's supposed to be. But if he's a, if he's a, a you know a notable star, you go, oh right, he's going to be a big part of the plot. And it would you know <laughs> it, would, it would unpick that really gorgeous bit where they where they first see him. He pulls his hood down and 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 when his his incredible sort of powers as a ranger uh, are sort of slowly unveiled. He's one of those you know he's fully unassuming as a character. But if it was yeah if it was Nicolas Cage, you go well. With here's the lead, then <laughs> he could have been the king of men. That would have been incredible. Nicholas Cage <laughs> is the king of men. Um, <laughs> which I mean, personally speaking, he is my king, but I only speak for myself. Oh, um, <laughs> but it's um, it's it's what I always enjoy like this because there's so many stories you find out about him. So touching on what I said earlier um, about karaoke, apparently that's how him himself and. Um, uh, Abigail sort of bonded 
during the filming, they just went out and did a lot of karaoke together. Uh, and apparently Nicolas Cage was quite fond of uh, Rage Against the Machine, ACDC, and Sex Pistols as his karaoke choices. Interesting. So, that, I, I would I would pay a lot of money to watch him singing Rage Against the Machine songs. Because that's <laughs> rapping. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. not okay. Zach Della Rocha isn't, uh, you know, it's not my way, is it? It's, you know. No. Do you think he would do it, like, actually quite internal and subtle? Or, like, go really big and do it? I think you know the answer to that, don't you? And it is really big. Mm. That have gone up on the books are just removing while arms warehouses fill as quick as the cells. Rally around the family to pocket full of shelves. <laughs> Rally around the family. I mean, that's not good. You know, I really like karaoke, but you really have to pick your... You really have to pick your song. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. because it, it's about the it's about the energy, isn't it, with karaoke? And if it's is it? yeah, it's absolutely about the energy. Which is why when I do Barbara O'Reilly, it's always awkward because the last minute of Barbara O'Reilly is an instrumental outro. Yeah. <laughs> so you just stood there like a lemon, going, "It's violin now for ages." Yeah, I think there's footage out there of him singing "Purple Rain" by Prince at karaoke. Ooh, that'd be good. I'd love um, it. I'd, well, yeah, right. That'd be great. That'd be quite. That'd be quite. Yeah, intense to see. I think I, I would enjoy that. I think if the story is correct, this was the performance was slightly mired. I think he'd just come out of one of his divorces uh, mm. when he sang this, um, so it's it's tinged with a little bit of a uh, little bit of sadness, which I feel would have heartbreak. Yeah, a little bit of heartbreak, which would have um, only boosted the, the performance. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, co- a committed Cage. person. Pathos. Yeah. <laughs> when I think Cage, I think I think uh, I think pathos all all the time. I, I suppose obviously not a lot of um, pathos in National Treasure. Um, and not when I was much. when I was sort of looking at the IMDb because it's always like rife for trivia. Most of it, it was just like historical inaccuracy. This historical inaccuracy. That. Um, which what? I, <laughs> <laughs> which I. I assumed was probably going to be the case. Um, there, there was sort of big exception to when they um, sort of figure out the shadow puzzle with the Liberty Bell, which is the one time that uh, we've said about yeah. Riley being a fun, funny character. The one time that Riley's like, I know something I that know. you don't. That's know. a great. That's a really good scene. Yeah, that's because those are the bits. The bits that inter- interrupt that kind of otherwise mainstream glossy film narrative. Those are. It's that bit in in. Um, in the first Star Wars remake, where where um, I can't remember the line, but where he, he basically goes, I, I can't really hear what you're saying in that mask, and it's the first time in a Star Wars film they they poke that, and I yeah, really yeah. enjoyed that in this film. I really enjoyed that kind of. Can I, I'm just gonna. T- oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm really gonna just really gonna, and it goes on for ages. I'm really gonna just enjoy this moment. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, he he's just there like, is is this how you feel all the time? Yeah, it's yeah. like. If I was in your shoes, Riley, I'd be drink. Okay, we're on the clock, but I'd be drinking that moment up with a straw. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, give it to me. It's wonderful. Cover me in this. And then Cage takes over the explanation, starts shouting at that poor cashier, just like, oh, right. you're giving me your watch as collateral and you want a $100 bill back. It's like, I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> at the Urban, Urban Outfitters, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good like. Can I can I have my hundred hundred dollar bill? Uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. 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 I do that when they when they ask. Um, I was in well, I don't know, the other day, I was in some shop, and they said, "Can I?" I was in Halfords, 
buying some oil for my bike. He said, can I take your email for the receipt? And I just went, no. <laughs> That's a sneaky way of getting you. Can I just take your email? No, oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need a receipt. I've spent £2.50 on some bike oil. I don't, I don't need my inbox to be affected. <laughs> so even if it doesn't, if the oil's not good, I probably won't come back to kick off. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, how 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 bad can oil get? <laughs> if anything, clogged up my gears. <laughs> this is glue. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! I was just gonna say how I, I like how like pretty much any any film or TV show that's, that's shot in Washington, D.C. There's always a gala or a gala, however you want to pronounce it. But there's always some fancy dress like oh, yeah. necktie sort of event. And uh, yeah, this, is, this was no exception for that. And they spent the rest of the film almost basically having action adventure and, and gowns. And yeah. <laughs> it was lovely. That's Usually someone person, will though, crash, yeah. crash through a skylight as well. Oh, yeah, you'd be yeah. there's um, they did do their own stunts. Did they? Yeah. Don't when the whole upper arm strength, Diane Kruger hanging onto the thing. She did that. To herself. chase it as well. Yeah. Um, she had to take a week off after, but really? <laughs> she did do that. Yeah. Ha- having only seen the film once, is there an explanation for why there is a a a, a tunnel to the center of the earth underneath that church? Um, <laughs> I think it's just because Templar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think because they don't seem to go down very far into it, do they? It's not like all the no. That, and actually, I mean, that, five stories below your feet, isn't it? Five stories below your feet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, below your shoes. Below your shoes. Below Harvey Keitel's shoes. There's a H.R. Giger series of sketches that that bit that really really reminds me of, and I don't know if it's it might well be influenced by it. I don't know. They're really H.R. Giger drew. His dreams, and he had, you know, incredible. I mean, you know, it's, it's, his dreams led to his imagination, led to the alien design. But of of this, this he dreamt of this shaft on the staircase going around the outside, but it was infinite. And as you kept right, going right. down and down and down, and you, and this already starts to feel like a dream space. As you go mm. further down, there are horrors down there. And that's the thing I always loved about Alien before Ridley Scott ruined it <laughs> by saying I was all humans made it. Um, is the idea that um, that if you go out into the depths of deep space, that distance is what there are horrors there. That's right. why I always felt about Alien. But yeah, the, these these really beautiful HR Giga sketches that are, because they're based on the streams, I find them really resonant. Of these really really deep shafts with with wooden staircase around the outside, and as you get deeper and deeper, there are hidden. And I just I I wonder if it was influenced by that, or maybe it's more of a common idea. I mean, hmm. I think it's used quite a lot in in like guided meditations and stuff the idea of going into a cave or going down into the earth or mm-hmm. or i guess out into sp- like I, the it's it's the journey it's that passing from the normal into some other world i'm not quite sure if they were trying to go that deep in national treasure or not. <laughs> but... maybe that it, it does feel like there are these possibilities of you know being influenced by whether it's the thing or or Maybe you know. Maybe maybe we're not looking deep enough. Maybe we need to look. <laughs> maybe we need to wear special glasses. There's to always fully, going to be another yeah. national treasure. Some sort of ocular device. Some sort of ocular device. <laughs> we just didn't bring enough lemons uh, to the <laughs> really understand the secret codes. 
Don't bring lemons to a lime fight. Mm. <laughs> or a lemon party. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's absolutely, I mean, my, my big notes were need more lemons. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, what's on the back of, you know, my bank statements. Is there a secret clue there? Or is it just, I'm in debt? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> if you put lemon juice on it, it turns the red into black. Uh, <laughs> yes. Your bank statement no, right. become yeah. a thing of beauty. Life hacks. Into the, into the black. When life gives you lemons, find some sort of ocular device. <laughs> and a hairdryer. <laughs> or just <laughs> <two> people's breath. <gasps> Find a secret society of Freemasons who are actually in the FBI, and then they'll just make all of your problems go away. Oh, yeah, yeah. But somebody still has to go to prison, though. Somebody has to go to prison. <laughs> that, yeah. That's in the rule book. Something has happened. Somebody's got to go to prison. Who's it going to be? Sean no. Bean. <laughs> if he can't die, Sean, then, he's got, then he's got to go away. It's got to be the British. <laughs> going to make them pay. Make the British pay. I did enjoy when Sean Bean got arrested at the end, how Cage just appeared from the shadows and was like, uh, it was me the whole time. Shrug. Yeah. <laughs> Shrug out of the shadows. Sean Bean's uh, body language when the, when the cops roll up to is, is quite um, almost underwhelming. <laughs> like, he just pushes his hair back like, oh, I just lost a game of poker. <laughs> <laughs> Another fine mess you kids have gotten me into. <laughs> this, this is textbook Cage getting me arrested. Yeah. I, like, I like to think that um, he would have had to have said to the FBI, when you arrest him and put him on the bonnet, can you make sure his face is angled towards these stairs where I'm going to be standing? <laughs> <laughs> so I can just How to... disappointing if he'd been up against the car <laughs> and he couldn't shrug at him. Oh, um, he'd just be like out of shot going, guys, I'm, what did we discuss? I gave you so much treasure. I asked for one thing. <laughs> have you ever been arrested? <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to cast judgment, but um, I, have you have you seen have you have you seen that amazing footage? Sure well, no. Well, I'm, t I'm. What 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 would you do when you're arrested? Is where it's going. Have you seen that amazing clip of the the guy in Australia going? Am I being arrested for having a meal, a succulent yes. Chinese meal? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the gold standard at how I can cope with an arrest. Get off my penis! <laughs> I see you know your judo well. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, um, I've been arrested twice, and both times I just went okay <laughs> so, on like like you know on demonstrations like you know mm. that, that 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 level. Have you ever been arrested? No, but like being pulled over in America, like for speeding on like car in, in a car. It's like being arrested. It's not well it's scary. It's, yeah, I mean, do they walk up to your window with their hand on their gun, on their hips, basically? Rock up, and then and yeah. you pretty much have to go, here are my hands, yeah, in yeah, plain yeah, sight. Yeah. Yes, sir, whatever you said. I'm sorry. Um, I won't do it again. Um, yeah. yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. Three bags full, sir. Um... Yeah. <laughs> well, we, 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 my band was touring in the States, and our, our drummer is mixed race. And we were genuine. I, it, it, you know, we were pulled over cause, because Andy, who was our driver, um, wasn't used to driving, uh, you know, this big car that we were touring in. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's all SUV, massive thing, so we'd get our gear in it. And we're on the wrong side of the road and the wrong side of the car and that. And we got pulled over. And we just, all of us suddenly thought, Jess has got dreadlocks. Like, just all of a sudden, just re that absolute realisation of the reality 
with the racism of American cops has suddenly <laughs> oh like it was really interesting mm. it's yeah it's, I mean it's, it's a it's a militarised police and a, you know it's a different thing but yeah that's right you know I I wonder if Sean Bean's ever been, actually been arrested I imagine he I imagine Sean Bean's been in fights do you reckon when he was a I think he's notably in fights. He's like sort of Sheffield's proudest son. Oh, I know he's a fan of Sheffield, and he's. I think he's commented on um, having a few scraps in his time. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, think I can see that. I like. I like Sean Bean, and I do. You know, I didn't like him when he was doing the O2 voiceovers. But apart from that, I. You know. Yeah, because he didn't die in them. I was like, oh, what's the point? <laughs> why, why would I go to O2? Did he die at the end of Sharp, the TV series? I'm not sure, actually. Sure, I mean, they might, you know, you would, but the thing is, it's quite, those, those books are quite old, so they probably wouldn't have killed him off in the old books, because they, you know, mm. they tried killing off Sherlock Holmes, and then, and then they brought him back. He'll never die. He'll never die. Not in oh, our hearts. <laughs> I know they put Sean Bean in um, the game Hitman 2 as like a DLC villain, uh, on the basis that there were like a hundred different ways you could kill him. Um, oh, wow. So, um I think I think Sean Bean, like Nicolas Cage, they're both, especially now with Cage, they're both quite aware of the perception of them. I don't know yeah. if you saw the other day, Nicolas Cage has been announced for a new Netflix show about the history of swearing. Yes. Um, and he's he's hosting that. It's... Which, by the way, I don't know if you... You know Alexis Dubas, right? Yes. So he did a show that was the history of swearing. Right. And, yeah, and I haven't spoken to him yet about it, but um, it's one of these things you go, oh, someone I know has already done this and I'm just a little bit wet. yeah I was excited about it and then immediately I wonder mm. if wonder if the, it, you know it might just be a, a, a you know a, a, a parallel evolution thing or it might be they've nicked it off our friend ah and maybe he's, he's getting credited for or maybe <laughs> maybe he's now making bank because yeah. Nicolas Cage is doing his thing yeah unless yeah, that's Alexis sold the idea to Cage and right. was like, I want to say pussy in context. Like, <laughs> I gave him more mulled wine. Mm-hmm. Megan wants to kiss him. Alexis sold him a show. We've all fucked up with our expectations of what we can get out of Cage. Still not Perhaps. far. Alexis Jubas, we've just uncovered the fact that Alexis Jubas sold Nicolas Cage his idea of a show. Yeah. He's making bank. So what's wrong? So well, you're, how... you're not going to make any money from kissing him. It's not about the money. Oh, okay. It's the real wealth is the is the emotion and the journey. Yes, yeah. yeah. The, the treasure kiss. of the kiss, if you will. Yeah, which, yeah. Which, the, 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 the personal treasure. Personal treasure. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that the real treasure? Yeah. Isn't that the real treasure? I mean, yeah. like this film though. Um, perhaps the real treasure was the journey and the friendships we made along the way. Yeah. The real, That's what the, the Masons would have wanted. The real treasure would be constantly telling the female characters to shut up along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cage, what are you like? <sighs> Winking a nod. But I suppose yeah. looking at um, sort of coming coming to the end of the episode. I mean, for me, um, the real treasure was this film for the low low price of thirty five dollars plus tax. Um, <laughs> f- for yourselves yeah. um, and. Discovering some more cage going into National Treasure for the first time. Um, did you enjoy National Treasure? Would you recommend it to, to people who may not have seen it? I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it 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 
it holds up as a it's it was almost like a sort of Christmas film for me. It was that sort of watch it with the family. You know, you're not gonna. I won't be listening to the soundtrack on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the Lighthouse, which everybody needs to see. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, no, I, I I properly enjoyed it, and I enjoyed that. What I sort of earlier pointed out was the the almost conflict of tone of how seriously are they taking. I like I like a film that takes. It's like my taste in in heavy metal. I don't like heavy metal that's self conscious. I like it to sort of take itself seriously, and this film did do that. You know. Yeah, it, it's I I would um, if you I would say watch Da Vinci Code. Mm-hmm. First. first and then watch national treasure um having like making fun of it pretending that he's tom hanks the whole time basically um <laughs> it, it as far as nicholas cage's like oeuvre act like it could it could that film could have that's not the most nicholas cage film out there like mm, he's agreed. it could have been kind of a lot of different actors doing that is that apparently film. as i've learned the vampire's kiss yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's a treasure. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. An fun. international treasure. Oh yes. <laughs> that's that's what the new film should be called. International International Treasure. treasure. Ah. Or National Treasure and it's just Barbara Babs Windsor lying in state. <laughs> <laughs> treasure comes in many forms. Mm. Uh and a real treasure for me has been to meet you both and talk about, in my opinion, the greatest actor of this generation and no one will tell me wrong um but i just want to say um that's to wrap up uh megan andrew genuinely from from the bottom of my infinite treasure pit which will be donated to museums <laughs> across the world um thank you so much for joining me on the journey to true cage nirvana it's been an honest pleasure to speak to you both um in terms of and i always ask the guest uh, can can we where can we find you on the the social medias? Well, I think Andrew O'Neill's got more of the hub of internet stuff. I've 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 uh, I've tired of social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Andrew O'Neill dot co dot uk is my website. Um, the Full Moon Online Drive-In is the film nerd um, love fest that we do every full moon. There's a Facebook page for that. And we have a Facebook page for that. So every full moon we pick a different film, we talk about it, we dissect it, much like we've done today. We have guests and, and we there's a lot of fun and dicking about. And then we watch the film together. Um so we simul watch and comment and, and it's yeah, it's really it's yeah, it's, it's a cult film love fest basically. Yeah. Um we all my my comedy stuff is uh if you put Andrew and your comedy into into any of the things, I've got lots of stuff on YouTube, I have a Patreon um, so that's yeah, but the F mod as which is the <laughs> our acronym is a thing <laughs> together, and um, yeah, it's um, it's fun and we like it, and we 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 will do Vampire's Kiss. And give me a heads up because I will be there with bells you, on. You are absolutely on it. There's no there's no yeah, doubt we, about we that. We have guests as well, so the the pre-show oh. before we watch the film, we we have some people on and we talk about the film. So yeah, that yeah, that sounds perfect. Amazing. <laughs> Um, I, and this is a quick tangent before we wrap up. I spoke to someone in New York who's trying to write and get produced a musical version of Vampire's Kiss. Just throwing that out there as well. So once you've wow. seen the film, the musical and demo tapes exist. Um, wow. But I look forward to it. It has been a pleasure. It's been 
a treasure. Um, (laughs) Thank you again so much. And thank you for listening. If you have been, we'll see you in the next one. Keep on, keep on, Cadrian. It's all you have to do. Take care and goodbye.